to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. everybody and welcome to another episode of the game tea podcast we are your hosts my name is jp i'm peaches and i'm czar all right so we don't have a whole lot going on today we've done games and just we've been talking about so much shit lately that sometimes we forget we are gamers boys we're gamers and as gamers we play games so today we are doing a nice simple game review and also, we kind of came up with a segment idea in the last second. <laughs> Our bad. Yep. Oh, is this not a Lucky Charms ice cream review? Shit, I got to pull up a different document. Guys, quick, it's melting in my hands. <laughs> we need to talk about this. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah, asshole over here decided not to tell us that Cold Stone was having Lucky Charms ice cream until the last second when it's gone by the end of March. By the time this episode comes out, it's done. <laughs> What do you have to say for yourself, Peaches? You just ruined a lot of people's day today. <laughs> Not sponsored by Cold Stone Creamery. <laughs> um, you know, that's my bad. I thought I already told you guys. I definitely didn't tell our listeners on the podcast, but I figured that we weren't the best advertising for Cold Stone. I, I, I figured there's probably better ways to get the word out. Gamers like ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> they do, but I mean, have you ever sat down for a night of gaming with like, a pint of ice cream or like a waffle cone. Yeah, it's called Wednesday night. <laughs> <laughs> if you can do it with chicken, why not ice cream? So this is the first episode of the month. And as our obligation to our Patreon, we have a new patron, boys. Yay! Yo! So we need to give a big shout out to Joel Reeves, our new patrons. Thank you so much, my man. We promise we will make your hard earned money worth it with some quality content. That's hopefully funny. That's hopefully funny. I think we're funny, but I'm also a little biased. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing my best. I know you are, buddy. <laughs> Just trying. I, I put the meme in the last episode. I mean, what else can I do? That was that was pretty <laughs> solid. I'm not going to lie. That was really funny. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about games. What are we talking about today? Um, I'm talking about bug snacks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, are we talking about bug snacks? Guys, we're talking about bug snacks! Yes! Because obviously we always joke about it, but I've never, ironically, I've never actually talked about bug snacks. Yeah, we've never actually talked about bug snacks on, on this podcast. That is like, I think that's a felony. That's about to change. Peaches, what are you talking about today? Uh, today, I will be doing a review for the game that I was assigned in my Tales of the Backlog. Shadow of Mordor. Yeah, I've been meaning to ask how that's going, so I'm excited to hear about that. And Zar, what about you? What are you doing today? I am not listing the game that was selected for my backlog. I played Fable Anniversary. All right, we've got a pretty solid episode today. Um, should we just go down the list starting with me? Yeah, so, let's go. All right, so today we're talking about bug snacks. 
bug snacks. Tell me about bug snacks, JP. Guys, holy shit. Bug snacks. So I 100% of the game. I loved I loved this game so much that I 100%ed it and no regrets. I don't even know how to start this off because bug snacks is such an odd game, but I'm in love with it. And the reason why I loved playing bug snacks so much is because it's so unbelievably unique. And yet it was so fun. The characters were great. The story was cool. And at the same time, it took a dark twist at the end. And I love a game that comes off as super fun and happy and then has a dark twist. I live for that shit. That's why Doki Doki Literature Club, unironically, I really like that game because <laughs> I love the dark twist. So we've got an outline that we always like to go down when we do these game reviews. And today I'm just going to use that. Uh, I'm going to use that outline and we're going to talk about this game. So let's talk about the graphics and the art style. Now, if there's one thing that you guys know about me, it's that the graphics and the art style is one of the most important things to me when I'm playing a game. Bug Snacks goes for obviously like the cartoony looking uh, game that I usually get really attracted to. They've got these people called Grumpuses. And the Grumpuses have like Grumpuses, Grumpuses. Yeah, that's the name of the people <laughs> in this game. They're Grumpuses. And the whole art style is going off of more like super colorful and super cartoony. And I absolutely adore that. Now, the Grumpuses themselves are kind of like. It's hard to describe them. They're like these round, fluffy monsters with big nose and just super cartoonish and colorful looking. But they're also super like fun, I guess. Like it's it's cartoony, but it's also not overdone. They're the way they act and the way they are. It's like it's so like well put with the art style. I think that that was absolutely well done by the studio whose name is escaping me at the moment. One second, because I need to know this. The developer is Young Horses. So Young Horses, you guys really killed it with the art style. I absolutely adore it. But it's more than just the people, obviously. The big question is, what about the bug snacks? How do the bug snacks look? Yeah, we're talking <laughs> about bug snacks, right? We're talking about bug snacks. Guys, the way that they design the bug snacks in this game is wonderful. So what's a bug snack? We'll get into that with the character, but right now we're talking about the art style. So the way that they design these things, there's a hundred different bug snacks that you can collect in the game. It's a lot like Pokemon. Your goal is to kind of collect them all and do your thing there. But the designs are so creative and so fun. Like there's different biomes you go to on the map, right? So my favorite was always going to the beach because you've got all these really fun beach related foods. Like you've got tropical foods, like you've got a, a bug snack that's like modeled after a pineapple called like Pinantula or something that walks around with straws and is supposed to be kind of like a pina colada. Gross. <laughs> no, it's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> you've got like this thing called a Shakiri, which is like a milkshake that floats in the air and flies around. That's really cool. And all the time, these designs are super cute and super fun. And essentially, the art style is just phenomenal. And I haven't even talked about the world yet. The art style of the world goes along with everything going on so like well. It's not under designed, but at the same time, it's not over designed, if that makes sense. It keeps up like the colorful, fun art and the whole game just beautiful. It's beautiful. You know, I. Uh, when it comes to these cartoony art styles and like next gen gaming, because we talk a lot about the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X in terms of like graphics fidelity for realism. But I think we fail to talk a lot about like how it can even enhance like 
you know, more cartoony type art style, because it really does. I had an absolute blast playing this on the PlayStation 5. All right, so now let's talk about characters. Characters and story kind of go hand to hand here. The story of Bugsnacks is that your main character is a reporter that is like on the mainland and you get a letter from Lizbert, this head scientist on the island of Bugsnacks, who invites you, the reporter, to her island to tell the story of Bugsnacks and her huge big discovery. Lizbert invited about 12 different grumpuses to the island who kind of wanted a new start in their life to be involved with this amazing discovery and so that she could study the effect of bug snacks on their body. Because bug snacks are not just for eating. You catch bug snacks and then you feed them to a grumpus. And here's the craziest part of the fucking game. A grumpus's limb will turn into the food that they just ate. What? Sounds very impractical. It's, oh, it's super impractical. It's so, <laughs> but that also means you get the chance to turn your, the Grumpuses on the island into so many different kinds of like designs, depending on what you like. So Lizbert invites you to the, her island and like tell the story of bug snacks to the rest of the world. So you get to this island and what you find out is that Lizbert is missing and all the Grumpuses that she invited to live on the island with her spread out along the island to kind of live on their own because they got into a huge fight while Lisbert wasn't there because she was kind of keeping everybody together. So your main goal in the game is to get all the Grumpuses to come back to the little town that they made before Lisbert left, and you have to feed them bug snacks, but you're also like the main objective in the game is to find Lisbert. So with the characters, you've got like you've got a really diverse cast of like different characters that work really, really well together. I mean, not technically because they all kind of hate each other, but like you've got a really diverse list of characters and that's what kind of makes everyone work well together. Like you've got a guy who is, you know, your typical sales guy that's super into tr trying to sell people shit. And it's like it's like Eddie from Ed and Eddie He's like, oh, I've got an item that you'll love, bud. Come over here. <laughs> What are you buying? And then he has a pebble in his shoe, so he has to eat a side. I'm so glad you remember that. Ed and Eddie was my favorite cartoon when I was a kid. <laughs> and then you've also got like a couple of scientists that are kind of like the asshole of the group because they think they're way smarter than everybody. You've got this super nice guy who just loves working out all the time, and that's kind of his shtick. You've got a farmer who's trying to grow bug snacks. You've got... Just uh, you've got like an ex rock star who had like a one hit wonder and came to this island to try and find her next big song. It's you've got a really colorful, fun, diverse list of characters here who all love bug snacks. And that's what makes the game so fun is trying to like find these characters and learning more about them and getting them back to the island. But your main objective is to find Lisbert the whole time. So here's the big twist in the story. So if you don't want a spoiler for the greatest game you're ever going to play in your entire life, I guess skip ahead a couple minutes. So finally, after you get all the Grumpuses to agree to come back to the town they all started, you find Lisbert's girlfriend, Egabel, who was also on the island. And you find out that Lisbert accidentally trapped herself in like this secret temple that was hidden high in the island that she was investigating. So... You go in to find Lisbert, you find the combination for this temple, and here's where the dark turn happens. You find out that Lisbert ate so many bug snacks that she found out that the bug snacks aren't as cute as they seem. They're actually a fucking parasite, and if you eat the bug snacks, if you eat enough of the bug snacks, they assimilate you into the island. And I've seen it before where, like, 
the ending of the game is like you trying to fight the bug snacks. And if you let a Grumpus eat too many bug snacks, they disappear. Oh, yeah, that's the dark turn in the game is that if you the bug snacks you've been feeding everybody this entire time are actually parasites. And at the end of the game, if you fail to stop them from eating too many bug snacks, then they die. Oh, they turn into a puddle of bug snacks and just fall on the ground and they die. Oh, yeah. So you find Lisbert, but Lisbert isn't a grumpus anymore. She is actually a huge bug snack that actually managed to keep her consciousness through sheer effort. But she's grotesque. She's hideous. She's deformed. And she was hiding from everybody because she didn't want them to see her like that. So she doesn't look like Whoa. food? GP, are you saying that she's not a snack with two C's? Oh, there's five C's in there. <laughs> the question is, how many C's do you add it, have to add in a snack before it's not a good thing anymore? Because that's what happened to Lisbeth. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the dark twist that I was talking about all this time, is that like the bug snacks are actually killing people and you've been feeding them to everybody this whole time. This is supposed to be a kid's game. Does this give anybody else like, I don't know, um, like colonialism vibes where, you know, you come to an island and you just kill off the native population? I'm getting more uh, Prometheus vibes like that uh, precursor to Alien. Oh, yeah. It's kind of what I'm seeing here. All right. So that's kind of what's going on so far. Before I go on, do you guys have questions? What are you thinking? I have so many damn questions, but I don't think any of them are relevant. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> bug snacks or tapeworms you heard it here first that, that checks out let's talk about game mechanics so catching the bug snacks is your main objective on the island to help you find Lisbert. so there's six different tools that you are given progressively throughout the game to help you catch different kinds of bug snacks because bugs some bug snacks are super easy to catch like you just walk up to them and you pick them up some bug snacks are very complex actually like, for example, you get different sauces that you have to shoot at particular bug snacks to make them interact with your traps or whatever it is you're trying to do. And you have to find out how the bug snack is caught. And it's not always super easy. And like under sometimes you have to use different bug snacks to run into the bug snack to knock them out. Sometimes you have to like make a bug snack go through water or lava so that they either freeze or cool out so that you can catch them. The but the mechanics in the game are pretty complex actually like there's different ways what i like about it though is it's never too hard or too like outlandish to try and get the bug snack it's usually you know if you have all the tools it's pretty easy to figure out but still it's not as like simple as it seems and along the way like the running mechanics there are running mechanics and it they're like walking around and interacting with people those are all fine that's pretty run of the mill but I'd say it's the world building that makes this game so special because the game mechanics aren't anything too crazy um, but still, like the way the game mechanics work with the rest of the game, it just works so well to like kind of help put you in this world, especially again with the PlayStation 5 and the uh, DualShock 5 controller kind of like vibrating in specific ways and giving you haptic feedback and the adaptive triggers. It really puts you in the game. Really makes you feel like a bug snack. <laughs> feel like a bug you snack. You feel like bug snacks. <laughs> And that's really it for game mechanics. So why was I interested in the game? There's tons of things that pulled me in. The cartoony art style, the really fucking weird but interesting concept of the game of like you eat a snack made of bugs and then your limb turns into the bug snack. That interested me. 
But the nail in the coffin was I actually started hearing rumors that this game takes a dark turn at the end. And I was like, I need this game right fucking now because I don't know what it is, but I bet it's good. And I was not disappointed. Everybody was under the false pretenses that Bug Snacks was not a horror game. Mm hmm. I've seen articles dubbing it like Bug Snacks, you know, the hidden horror game for the PlayStation 5, because it kind of is. Yeah. In my playthrough, like, I only accidentally let one of the Grumpuses die, but that fucked me up, guys. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> How you described it, that's that's messed up, man. It's what happened. He ate too many bug snacks, and then, like, he said something like, well, at least now I get to always be with bug snacks. And then, like, he started, his limbs started falling off, and then he poofed into thin air. Oh, it messed me up. I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. But at the same time, oh, my God. <laughs> Where'd he go? When I saw Bug Snacks, like the only way that I was going to be interested in Bug Snacks, if it, it like turned out to be like another farming type game where you can farm the Bug Snacks and maybe you can like create new types of Bug Snacks by breeding two Bug Snacks together. This isn't Spore. I mean, here's a final spoiler for you guys. They've pretty much let you know in the end of the game that there's going to be a Bug Snacks too. So maybe that's something that they play around with in the next game. But until then... My final thoughts on the game are this. It's magnificent. I loved every moment of playing this game because it it doesn't feel too long, but it's also very it also feels very rewarding. Like in the side missions that you can do for people and catching the bug snacks, of course, is just as fun as collecting Pokemon and looking at the designs, finding out how you, you catch them. It never got I never felt like the game got stale. It was just so magnificent from its concept to its characters to its story. I loved everything about this game. And even knowing what you know now after hearing my review, you've got to try it for yourself, man, because you're going to have such a fun time playing this bizarre fucking game. Thought it was a JP game. Turns out it was a czar game. It turns out, yeah, <laughs> goes into czar territory. And I don't know what Peach is like, so I think just farming simulators. There's a guy who's trying to farm, if that makes you feel good. <laughs> There's a guy that's like, okay, I'm going to take this bug snack and kill it and bury it in the ground, and we're going to see what happens. Just sounds like a murder. It is murder. Is it a murder if they're bugs? Like, if you swat a fly on the wall, do you dub yourself a murderer? Yeah, but are these considered... In, I mean, they're, they're parasites. They, they, the game is called Bug Snacks. This is too far. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're getting into some philosophical shit there that we just don't have time for. The point is, the game's magnificent. Even if you know what happens now, it's still absolutely worth the play. I'm going to give it a score of a... 9.4 out of 10, guys. Magnif... Wow. Yeah, I loved everything about this game. It was phenomenal. If I had to dub it any points for anything, I don't really know what it would be other than like super nitpicky type things. Um, but otherwise, like just a total pleasure to play. I loved this game. All right, everybody you heard it here first. Keep an eye out for two bug, two snacks. Electric boogaloo, two bug, two, <laughs> two bug, two snacks. <laughs> Electric boogaloo. <laughs> All right, Peaches, before uh, you get going, I really have to pee. Can I go pee? Yeah, and my dogs are working, so I got to go check on that, too. Okay, one sec. All right, Peaches, I think I am done with my review of Bugsnax. It is your turn. 
For my game review, I did Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor, and as mentioned earlier, you may remember this was the game that was assigned to me in Tales from the Backlog. I'm a good little student and I did my homework. <laughs> so, graphics and art style. Look, the game came out, what did we say, like 2013? Something like that? Yeah, give or take. 2014. So, it's, it's a bit dated at the point that I've played it. That being said, it still looks good. It, it didn't blow me away. I wasn't, you know, gawking at every scenic overlook. But they nailed the Mordor aesthetic for sure. They really make you feel like Mordor. Um, they but... make you feel like Mordor. <laughs> it... One does not simply. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's an um... old meme. Yeah, that's a throwback. <laughs> I, I don't have a lot to say about the graphics or art style because it, it didn't blow me away. It just, it was good. It, it was what it needed to be. And I, that's, it, it did its job. I, I would give it like maybe a, a six out of 10, seven out of 10 on art style just because. Quick question on that though. Do you think your um, quick score would have been different if you played this when the game came out? You know, I, I played it a bit when the game came out and I was still wasn't like stunned with the graphics. I'm just it takes a lot to blow me away uh, graphic wise. It really is hard to impress peaches. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't even think I gave uh, cyber. I think I gave cyberpunk what, like a nine or eight out of ten on graphics. And so it, it, it takes a lot. And I just I don't think that this game is meriting like a super high score or like but something like Ori Ori I would give like a 10 out of 10 on graphics and art style because they absolutely nail it everything is perfect about the graphic and art style in that game but this game it's not something that's front and center like it is with Ori like Ori a lot of the game is that look and feel of the game whereas this game that's not really what you're looking at necessarily uh huh there's not a lot of characters in this game anybody that's played this knows there's like three or four main characters and there's the one of one slash two of them are the characters you control. I, this might be a bit controversial because I know this game is pretty well beloved by a lot of people, but the character is so generic. He's just like he's just the brooding like hero guy, you know, it's like uh, spoilers, by the way, for a seven year old game. Um, <laughs> but He's the brooding hero type. His family died and is like, he wants revenge. Like, that's his whole thing. And throughout the game, he has such little personality. And he doesn't, I guess, connect well with me. Like, he, he does his job. He he serves a purpose. Right. It's it's fine. But I, I, did, I wasn't, like, in love with the character. Like, I love the characters from Mass Effect. Yeah. Oh, I said he's your typical human warrior in the, you know, Lord of the Rings lore. Yeah, like, except like, you know, in Lord of the Rings, you have like Aragorn and like Aragorn actually has like a bit of a personality and like some cool stuff going on with him. Talion was so not interesting. The elf guy is a little interesting, but he has the same personality that's just like the brooding hero type. That's why they mesh well. <laughs> they mesh well because they're essentially the same person. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, when I played the game, I that's kind of what I thought. Like they had the same spirit or some shit like that. The, the, so there's those two characters, you know, that's the characters you're controlling. And then there's like a, a weird love interest character kind of going on. But she, you know, I felt like she was she literally only existed 
to be saved by Talion, and that was her entire purpose in the story. I don't know. Characters in this game, I don't think they really matter to the game as a whole. Wow, that's disappointing to hear, because I'm sure, like, if you're playing this game, like, the characters are going to be one of your main interests. Yeah, if you're playing this game, I feel like you're playing it more because you love Lord of the Rings lore, and... You know, you, you get to see some of your characters from uh, the Lord of the Rings show. Like, Gollum's in this game. I, he, he's kind of shoehorned in there. But, you know, people like Gollum, so they're like, put put Gollum in the game. The, the people like him. So they did that. Right. Uh, Saruman is also sort of in it. He, like, is mind-controlling an elf lady that you meet later on. That, that's, pretty much, that's pretty much it for characters. Like, Talion has a family, but... Their purpose is to die to get the plot going. <laughs> Moving on from characters, there, there's not a lot to say. What is my purpose? You die to move the plot forward. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, you know, his, his family dying is just the MacGuffin to get the plot going. So, story. It sounds like I've been pretty a pretty big downer on this game so far, so don't get me wrong. The story is good. It, it does very little to mess with, like, the Lord of the Rings lore as a whole. Like, the, I, I feel like they specifically made this story so that they didn't have to worry about anything that actually happens like the people care about in Middle-earth. You know, it's like, let's just push the story to somewhere that he can't possibly affect things going on for, like, Frodo or Bilbo or any of the main stories that people actually care about. Oh, yeah, people would be up in arms about that. The, the story is basically Italian's family gets murdered. He wants to go get revenge. So he's killing these orc captains to draw out the people that like ki- that killed his family. You're at the same time. You're trying to figure out what the deal with this spirit that's inside of you is like what why he doesn't remember his past. And so you're trying to figure that kind of along with him. Mm-hmm. You know, you're also trying to sort of help the people that are stuck in Mordor currently. The the reality is, there's not a lot of story to the game. It, you could get through this story, and I want to say, like, five hours, maybe. Wow, really? Yeah, like, if you don't do, like, the side activities, you could probably get through the story super, super quick. Bug Snacks is longer than that. <laughs> the game is very focused on the side activities. Yeah, and that's... that's I was just going to actually say that, is, you know, they are not... In, interested in like focusing on the story because their expansiveness comes from you know attacking all the orc bosses and doing side quests and running time trials. Right. It's it's just basically a sandbox you're plopped into, right? Yeah, exactly. You you are. It is an open world adventure game, and you're just plopped into the, like the sandbox of Mordor, and it's like all right, they they just say go, and that's that's kind of it. Like honestly, the characters in the story are probably the weakest parts of this game. That being said, we can actually get into the gameplay now, which is where this game, like, that's why people love this game, is because of the gameplay. Imagine, like, a mashup of Assassin's Creed and, like, Batman Arkham Asylum-like style combat. Okay. And that that is this game's combat, and it is a lot of fun. For a game that has the press this button to attack, press this button to counter, and this button to dodge, like, as that kind of, like, core gameplay, it feels very fun to, like, be pulling off, like, some of these combos and, like, killing orcs feels really good. And, you know, just when you, when you like, outthink your enemy in combat, kind of. 
it it is it is a awesome feeling and it is very satisfying. Oh, I just said there's nothing quite like a good decapitation after you said you like the feel of killing orcs. The feel! Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, Dude, those decapitations, they're brutal. <laughs> yeah, they they go all out with the executions in this game. You're you're a badass when you're playing this game. You, you got your sword, you got your dagger, you can take it stealthy or you can just run into the center of like a, just a horde of orcs and start cleaving your way through them. But it never, it's never too easy or too hard because there's always enough orcs to like make it a challenge. And there's also like these captains that are kind of sprinkled throughout that make it so, you know, you can't just run at them face first and like cleave an entire army of orcs and like walk out fine. You know, you're gonna, it is going to be a challenge. Let's just get into the captain mechanics. Yeah, I was just going to say those are really interesting. Yeah, so the captains, you know, they have to really attack a captain, you have to interrogate a, a like one of his underlings to figure out like what his weaknesses are and like you can you can kind of plan a strategy to attack these captains based on like what, you know, what their strengths and weaknesses are. Okay. Sometimes they're afraid of like these bugs. Not bug snacks. Bug snacks! Um, that, like, <laughs> they're, they're afraid of these bugs that are in Mordor. So it's like, all right, I can just camp right here. And if I see him walk under this, like, little hornet's nest, I will shoot that down. He'll be scared and I like, can get, like, some free attacks in on him. Okay. Or, like, sometimes they're fr- afraid of, like, the caragors, like these big hairless panther kind of deals. I don't know how I don't know how else to describe them. They'll have, like, caragor cages around. And it's like, all right, you release a caragor. This captain's gonna go running like a bitch, and that gives you your opportunity to attack him. Yeah. Or if you're if you're feeling real cool, just fucking fight him face on because the game's like, yeah, you can do that too. It's just it's, it could be harder. The game lets you play it however you really want to. You know, with all these like different strategies, I've I've found myself just kind of like, all right, so I see that he's afraid of Karagors. I'm just gonna go run at him in the face and beat him up. <laughs> but you know it was nice to have those other options available sure it cool. sure it's like look i'm a more like let's just get in there and kick their ass kind of guy but the options <laughs> there yeah so i all of those parts of the gameplay i love um the rpg kind of system they have like you you level up and you get new abilities and you get like some points to spend like on extra health or like more arrows etc you know that those systems work pretty well. The one system I didn't like was the enhancing your sword, dagger, and bow, because I feel like you could go the entire game and not know that you did or did not do that. That's disappointing because when when there's upgrade mechanics, you want to see like immediate changes, immediate and apparent. Yeah, I did not feel like like the sword enhancements and dagger enhancements or bow enhancements I was using were doing anything. Zar, do you like when you were doing the, the stuff with like those sword enhancements? Do you remember like? Does it feel any different to use the sword to you or the dagger? Does it feel? <laughs> <laughs> it does not feel like I'm, a, I'm in Mordor killing orcs. It really doesn't. Um, you're right, Peaches. The sword upgrades, bows, and all that good stuff. It's just, it's not focused on enough. There is not enough of a climax to when you spend these points. Um Really, the only differences you'll see is when you get, like, the blink skill and, like, you can target more enemies and you can just, like, zip teleporting enemy to enemy, slicing off heads. 
that's the only time you see any significant progression within your character. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Um, there, um, there's also another thing where you, there are these quests that like, quote unquote, level up the legend of your sword, dagger, and bow. And the, the quest line just kind of ends and nothing understandable happens. It's like, all right, you completed the lore of this guy, Italian sword name. And it's like, okay, do I get anything from that? No. Oh, okay. So I just wasted my time. You got personal experience points. Yeah. They're absolutely <laughs> useless, but they have sentimental value. You got praise. <laughs> yeah, I get I get my sentimental value dollars for completing the the lore of the sword. I was I was hoping that something cool like at least like a design change of the sword, you know, like maybe make the sword look fucking sick. But no, it just it's like, "All right, you're done." And then I didn't even realize that I had finished because just like kind of waiting for something more significant to happen. But nothing did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like the, the end of Incredible, or not the end, but in the Incredibles is like, what are you waiting for? It's like, I don't know, something amazing to happen, <laughs> I guess. Me too, kid. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much how I felt uh, with the, the whole sort of thing. But the gameplay other than that kind of stuff is really good. These captains, they all have their their weaknesses, strengths, and you can fight them how you choose. But also, like, the captains can level up. Like, if they kill you, the captains get stronger. And that is... Uh, really? Yeah, it's something that's really interesting and, like, not something you see in other games. Like, the captains remember you, they, they'll... If, if they killed you before, they're going to talk shit at your face. Interesting. I do like that. Sometimes they'll run away if you've killed them several times. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, so, like if you kill them and, or if you've beaten them in combat a few times, they'll develop the fe like, fear of the ranger or whatever, and they'll just run away if they see you. What doesn't make sense is to me, I'll decapitate one of those motherfuckers and he'll come back later anyway. <laughs> now, that's what I was about to get into. So that's that kind of stuff is really interesting, except for... When I decapitated the same fucker eight times, <laughs> eight times I killed this motherfucker and he just came back with more wraps on his face. And then it's like, all right, well, somehow you're stronger than when I killed you. And you're also the final boss that I have to fight at the end of this. You're one of the final bosses I have to fight at the end of this game, even though I've killed you eight fucking times. Was it Grubbs the Disgusting? Um, I, I honestly don't remember his name because he made it to my like final ranking. <laughs> but oh, my God, it was so irritating, like killing this guy over and over and over again. And it's like, I'm finally like, oh, man, I haven't seen that guy in a while. That's pretty cool. I guess he's gone for real this time. Nope. Fuckers are at the end of the fucking game. Ah. Just sitting there like you thought you could run away from me, Ranger. That's awesome. Oh, my God, dude. I, I was so irritated with that shit, but gameplay, lots of fun. Fuck that guy, the guy who can get decapitated, decapitated eight times and still come back and try talking shit. Peaches, I guess the last question is, let's give it a score. What do you got? What do you think? I, uh, I got to give this a seven out of ten overall. Wow. I think the gameplay really makes up for the lack of any good characters or any significantly like interesting story. It was fun to play, and I I would recommend it for, like, you know, get it on sale, play through it once, and you've experienced everything you need to. 
Czar, I think it's your turn, my man. What do you got? All right. Well, I have kind of a throwback, a game that was made in 2004, later remastered in 2014. It is none other than the Xbox exclusive Fable Anniversary. Guys, I love Fable. Fable is a series that I, I forgot about for the longest time, and I accidentally picked this game up. Um, I mean, it's been in my backlog. I think I downloaded it free somehow. I, I beat the shit out of Stubbs the Zombie way too quick. I knew I would. I hyped it up way too much. And I didn't plan for what I was supposed to play next. So <laughs> I randomly picked Fable Anniversary and remembered my absolute love for the lore behind this game. I mean, from crunchy baby chicks to demon doors to even chicken dancing. This this game is just amazing. You know, Zar plays some fucked up shit when I didn't like cringe or like wince at anything he just said. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, Fable is a great game from my experience, but I'm curious to hear what Zar has to say about the remaster of it. All right. Well, um, I found out that I did not actually ever play the first Fable. I started with the second. So this was my recent reintroduction. Um, the graphics... Although remastered, remember this was in 2014, so it would have been for the Xbox 360. But for a World of Warcraft fantasy style looking game, it does the job well. Like it it really does nail the graphics that it needs to have. So I suppose for the blocky graphics and the weirdly creepy faces of characters, I'd give it about a 7.5. Okay. That's um, solid. Yeah, it's it, nothing overly fancy, very bare bones, but, you know, it did the job. It gets the job done. Yeah, yeah, which is all that we could expect for, um, you know, a remaster on a game that they didn't even know they caught lightning in a bottle with. I mean, they are they announced the newest installment of Fable last year, and I'm going bonkers about it. Yeah, you betcha. Um, so the characters in this game, they're creepy. Um, All of the player models, especially the children, are terrifying, like weirdly huge, distorted faces. That was their art style that they went with. And it's kind of creepy. Sounds like real life. Yeah, it it checks out. (laughs) It's like, what do you mean I need glasses? (laughs) Other than that, the actual personality of the characters... um, They're very basic, um, very hyped and AI programmed. I heard these same uh, vocal lines over and over and over. My character's uh, title was Reaper. A little embarrassed to say that because it's a little cliche, but that was what I picked. I liked it. Don't hate me. Um, And so I would just walk around town hearing, there's Reaper. Oh, that'll be Reaper. Everywhere I went, every two seconds. Zara already hated you, man. You don't have to worry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My favorite line was when it was usually like some little old lady would come up to me and she'd be like, Reaper, is it? Any relation to Grim? <laughs> Just like stone cold serious. <laughs> it's like, bitch, I will kill you. <laughs> you see this giant sword? Yes. 
It will be the end of you. Maybe that's what she wants. She's like, do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like those bandits in Skyrim. You know, they're actually super depressed. And that's why, like, they're trying to mug a guy that's a werewolf. <laughs> Honestly, most of the characters are pretty insignificant. And you either have a choice to kill them down the road or, like, never see them in the game. So the characters really aren't a strong suit on this. It's more about the content and the quests, which I will get into later. The story, well, it's it's really cool because it starts semi-birth to almost death, and it's a full lifetime's journey in about 10 hours or less. <laughs> so you start the game as a 10-year-old in a small village called Oakvale, uh, but little do you know, the evening of your sister's birth is also when a cataclysmic event will befall your small village where you witness everyone get murdered by some bandits and all of the houses burn to the ground. Meanwhile, some weird glowing tattooed stranger pops up behind you out of nowhere, tells you to take his hand and he's going to take you someplace safe. Just like at the 7-Eleven. <laughs> Teleports behind you. <laughs> Nothing personal, kid. <laughs> Come on, boy, we're going to go save the world. <laughs> Come on, Morty, two, so, ten minute adventure. <laughs> <laughs> and just a 10 minute adventure let's go quick in and out quick adventure so this old man named maze takes you to a magical guild it's kind of outset from the rest of civilization where they train superheroes which in this world means that you can wield lightning from your fingertips a badass sword and use a crossbow pretty decently and yeah other than that you have kind of an overarching quest line to uh, defeat Jack of Blades, and that is your ultimate goal. But other than that, it's just running around the world and exploring because um, there is some side stuff with like your sister and your mother um, and your guildmate named Whisper that you can completely miss if you don't just explore the world and find your comrades out in the world. Now, the gameplay... It's it's pretty standard. It's it's a uh, it's definitely your standard RPG fantasy. Um, third person running around. You have uh, one button for your magic spells. You have another button for your sword, and then a third button to pull out your bow, and then you fire it with that button. This is this is where things can get intricate because you don't have any named combos, but there are implied combos with your magic and your weaponry that will really take down characters. There's no jumping. You can roll around and kind of increase your speed a little bit, but nothing significant. Um, RPG mechanics, really well done. There is a lot of diversity, um, it, it, at least in the magic side of things, because you get many spells, um, and a lot of different ways to show your mana. With the uh, archery and the sword play, it's just, you know, increasing your damage, health, uh, accuracy, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, very good for its time, though. I loved it. Very immersive. Now, the game mechanics. This is where things get a little intricate, and I was telling JP last week before we started recording that... It feels like this game was originally built for PC because you kind of have a command prompt when you uh, push up on your D-pad. You can pull up your items, anything that you would see in your paused inventory screen. 
you can select real time in game and even assign it to a hotkey bar. Okay. And then if you use an alt tab, it pulls up your hotkey bars and that's how you use your items and alternate from spells and different weapons that you can use. And so, and like I said, in that regard, it feels like much like games such as World of Warcraft or even RuneScape. And that works well for fantasy. Don't fix what it isn't broken, you know? Yeah, that's fair. So for why I was interested in this game, I, I kind of touched on it before. It's just a solid, slept on, kind of forgotten about Xbox exclusive. And we don't have too many of those, so I'll take what I can get. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> now, Czar, um, sorry to interrupt you here, but when I, when I played Fable, from what I remember, I, I loved the combat, like just how it mixes swordplay with magic, with like range, so much better than any other game in the genre. Now, that's just my memory of it. Did you have that similar experience or... I think they polished the combat in the sequels of the game much better. I I found the combat boring and repetitive, honestly. Really? My sword was basically useless. If I was <laughs> within range of the enemy, I was I was too slow or I would get knocked down somehow. But I popped my lightning, I maxed out my lightning, I hit 5 enemies in front of me at the same time. All of them die and I don't have to move. Because they're paralyzed. <laughs> Absolutely. And the bow was was just a powerhouse. It was it was kind of hard to hit, but if you use the time slow spell spell, it was it made the game way too stupid easy. You just run around the battlefield, popping thousands of damage on your bow while no one else can move. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to be OP. You're you're a, you're a hero. You're the Reaper. You're the Chicken Chaser. <laughs> Boy, do you start out as a chicken chaser. They gotta though. balance that, though, because if you're too OP, then the game's not fun anymore. That is that that is a fair point. I would say that uh, Lionhead Studios does a very good job of making you start out as a chicken chaser, pretty freaking useless to the world, and then to the point where at the end of the game, I didn't even have to... All I did was look at an enemy and they would die. I, I beat the final boss without getting hurt just because, you know... He could never hit me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of those things are dings, but I, I see this on so much more of a broad spectrum because I this is the cool thing about playing this game so late in the game. I know where this game headed, you know, like I know where they took this game and boys, Fable is some of the best games I have ever ever played especially fable 3 like i would say that's comparable to um bioware's uh dragon age yeah. wow okay fable is definitely comparable to that genre. all right man so i suppose that will do as my final thoughts on a quick score fable anniversary i would have to give 8.1 you know what for a game that even the remastered is seven years old at this point, right? Like, that's pretty solid. It's definitely worth going back and playing. Like, especially if you've never played a Fable game, definitely worth it. Might be a little complicated, still worth it. But it it did not hold super strong to the test of time. It is very vanilla. I think the biggest challenge when you're rating these games is, like, 
Because it's like, how could a game like Bugsnax get such a high score compared to like games like Fable or Shadow of Mordor, right? I think the question you have to ask yourself is, what is the game trying to beat? And what is the game trying to do? And does it accomplish that? Yeah, and especially for the example of Fable, I had to ask myself, am I rating this game for my most recent playthrough, which was like last week, or am I rating this game for when it came out in 2014? Because I'm sure that if I played this game in 2014 when it was first remastered, I would have been singing a different tune. Yeah, exactly. But I hadn't I didn't know anything different. When I was playing Shadow of Mortar, I was thinking, all right, how much like bug snacks is this, is this game? Is this game succeeding at being bug snacks? And if so, how? <laughs> I give it two and a half bug snacks. <laughs> that's a lot of bug snacks. <laughs> no, that's a low bug snack score. We're, it is not like bug snacks. But bug snacks. I say one bug snacks is great. <laughs> we'll figure out the scale apparently three is too many we'll figure out the scale uh yeah i mean any bug now knowing what we know now any bug snacks is too many bug snacks <laughs> not bug snacks not even once i mean you could get away with one strawby maybe a strawby you know yeah but then that leads to a grapey and a grapey would a would a bug snack affect a human like it does a grumpus this that sentence sound i hate that sentence and i honestly don't want an answer to it anymore <laughs> Are you sure? I've got one loaded up. <sighs> I think that's going to do it for today, boys. I'm glad that we're all having such a good time playing games and like, you know, especially with how busy everybody always is, like just finding a little bit of time to play some games. It's nice. It's nice and it's wonderful. And I like just talking about the games we're playing every once in a while instead of doing these big fancy games. It's nice because that's what we do on this podcast. We talk games. Yeah, dude, we're vibing. <laughs> we're vibing. <laughs> <laughs> we're vibing, bros. I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Game Tea Podcast. Once again, big shout out to our new patron, Joel. Thank you so much for uh, becoming our patron. We're going to make your money worth it, my man. So in the meantime, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We'll see you in the next episode. You just got your game tea. Later. If you like what you heard today and you're looking for more ways to get your game tea fixed, check us out on Patreon. With bronze, silver, and gold tiers starting at $2 a month, there are several incredible rewards you can receive for supporting the show, such as a follow from us on Twitter, access to a monthly Q&A session, an invitation to our private Discord server, and even bonus episodes of the podcast only accessible to patrons. Your donations will be used to make the show even better. The link to Patreon is in the description with our social media, so go check it out. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Game Tea Podcast.